there, I'm Michelle Bunch, and this is Enthusiasm Diaries. Enthusiasm is contagious, and in this podcast, we get to share in the enthusiasm of others and perhaps spark some of our own curiosity along the way. Thanks so much for listening. So I am so excited. I'm here today with Kelsey Maxine Tungseth, and um, Kelsey is an adventure journalist as well as a holistic lifestyle wellness coach. And um, and kind of getting to chat with Kelsey today and prepare for this, I was when we were just joking. I was I was overwhelmed with even where to start because you've done so many things. <laughs> but um, but rumor has it you were on a Norwegian reality TV show, and I, I'm thinking that might be a good starting place. Can you tell for us about sure. that? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Michelle, for having me. The Norwegian TV show that I was on it was called Altpenorge, and. It's a reality show that brings Norwegian Americans to Norway. There's 12 contestants, and over the course of a certain number of weeks, there's 10 episodes, there is an elimination-based challenge throughout. So little by little, everyone's introduced to the culture. They're able to get a glimpse at the cities and the towns and even sometimes your family farm that your family originates from, in my case, my family name. So if you think of Altpenorge, it's closer to like the amazing race, but it's in team okay. dynamics. So there would be even even numbered teams. They'd go through a lesson, be that on history, geography, food, culture, uh, the language. And then over the course of that recorded episode, there were challenges um, and at the end, a competition that would send someone home. So amazing race meets like, so you think you know who you are that ties into okay. kind of the ancestral ties. Oh my gosh. I Do you think we can access it here in the U.S. to watch it? You know, I think that it's now on YouTube. They had 10 seasons by the, throughout the duration of it. So um, I was on episode, I was on season six of Ultimate and they have it available on YouTube now. Okay. Well, I'm going to check it out. I just made a little <laughs> note here. Um, did you, what was that? I mean, I know there's so much to talk about, but what was that process like? I mean, was there like, did you have to send in tapes? Did you have to audition? Did you have to proclaim, proclaim your love for Norway? <laughs> what was that <laughs> a like? little bit of all of that, um, which came really naturally. My, my family is Norwegian on both sides and, um, we were left with a lot of questions about our heritage, but also a, a, a deep respect for it growing up in the community that I was raised in. And I actually heard about the audition through an online newspaper article. So someone had shared it. Um, there was an open call audition in Mall of America, and I was in community college in 2014 in Colorado Springs. I'm like, hmm, what a better way to procrastinate than you know, road <laughs> trip to the Mall of America in Minnesota? And then I thought, no, I'm going to, I'm going to try and give them a glimpse of my personality. So I, I recorded a quick five-minute film that had everything from kind of a day in the life of Kelsey Maxine and then into uh, almost an interview or a telling of my story that included kind of some more details about my family and um, the events that had transpired that left me really longing to get to know my Norwegian heritage and culture a little bit more. 
it was one of those things that I'm like, I would be perfect for this, but those things never happen. You know, I'm not going to get it. And a few months later, I was in Panama um, working, <laughs> working on a farm and um, in exchange for a place to stay for a couple of weeks. And I got, you know, a, a moment of time where you get Wi-Fi and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I got a call back. I received, <laughs> you know, I received this this okay they wanted to meet me and they wanted to fly me to Chicago and I got to go and do a call back and do an interview and they asked me for a little bit more clarity on some of the things that I had shared and I was able to articulate that a little bit more and um, wow it was yeah it was just the beginning yeah so had you ever been to Norway prior I had not one of the prerequisites for at least my season was that you couldn't have been to Norway because they really wanted to allow the cast to see Norway in a less than scripted introduction, but at the Ah. same time, really allowing Norwegians to see the experience of a visitor who is seeing it for the first time. I mean, I've watched some reality TV shows here in the U.S., maybe more than I'd like to admit. Um, but what <laughs> it, I mean, what, what was that like to be filmed, to have people get to know you as a person? I mean, that's an interesting experience, I have to imagine. Absolutely a wild dynamic. I mean, I had a little bit of an idea, you know, what they would film us up to a certain point. And then I knew we would have to like pause. And, um, but I didn't really know the ins and the outs as much. And to the point of the competition, sometimes they would have the one team who was waiting to compete in a whole separate room or another house, um, on a different part of the property, depending on the the scene that we were filming. Um, and then, we would just be waiting. And so there was a lot of like, the the joke was hurry up and wait because Mm -hmm. we all needed to be ready, you know, on, 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 on the dime, uh, for filming. But there was a lot of patience. There was a lot of resting, which was, it was good. And sometimes anxiety inducing, Mm -hmm. um, and then you kind of have that like, okay, we're going to walk up to a door and they're filming us. But then they'd be like, and stop. And then they would have the camera crew go inside. And the next clip would be, we would be walking into the room. And so then they would have recorded the whole room or property or something that we were about the boat. There were so many different scenes that we, that we filmed. And, um, and then they would capture that kind of childlike or curious understanding of what was happening. Wow. I Mm want to see it. So, so how long were you there? You know, I made it the full 10 episodes. I I landed third place. um, Bronze medal. Bronze medal. (laughs) Still, If you can't hear it in my voice, there's still, you know, a little bit of, of sadness. And um, yeah, I think reality TV is no joke. I, I wrote in a journal once that, Um, there's a lot of kind of creation that comes with reality TV, but they sure know how to nail a goodbye. Um, and that Mm -hmm. was kind of like the, the tender spots is that you have 12 people who immediately don't necessarily have this cutthroat survivor-esque 
way of going about this competition. But really, I mean, we're all on an adventure together and then we're bonding with each other. You realize someone is kind of like the person you could always lean on to lead the conversation or someone was quick to offer a joke or lighten the mood and someone was very insightful or could put into words something that you didn't know how to show your appreciation for because you're just like in awe and slowly but surely these 12 turn into 11 turn into six and five and before you know it there were four of us and that was the 10th episode and then it turned to one by one I mean every competition there was an elimination so um it was it was an amazing life-giving um and really emotionally charged eight weeks I think eight nine weeks I was there the first time Wow. So mm-hmm. then then what happened? Did you you came back to the states? Yes, I came back to the states in the end of June in 2015. So I was there for late spring into the the midnight sun season, the everlasting summer, which is my favorite time. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of like spinning around in circles and in some parts of Norway it doesn't even set, but wow. Um, yeah, That's the so alternate, of course, is that there is also what seems to be an eternal winter, which mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll, we'll be able to talk a little bit more um, on later and and how different my personality perceived those, those situations. But I came back to Colorado in, in the summer of 2015. I was home for just a couple of weeks, and then I had originally planned a trip to Europe. I was going to backpack Europe and, um, it was a very, it was a whirlwind of time. You know, I don't, I really don't think I had much time to process the reality show in general. There was a lot I was experiencing at the time, just regurgitating, you know, the interview process. It was so kind of intriguing to constantly be interviewed on the show. Oh, how are you feeling today? Mm. You're about to go into this competition. What sort of things are you feeling? And then you just finished the competition. How does it feel? How do you think you performed? What do you think the outcome is going to be? And just this constant living in suspense. And then, you know, those moments where they're revealing which team is going to win and you're staring intently at the host and the camera's kind of panning back and forth and it scans so dramatic. people's faces. And you're like, you can't handle it when you're watching reality TV and it's like 20 seconds. And sometimes this filming would take like two and a half minutes and we're all like hearts in our throat. Like, oh, like come whose, on. Whose team is going to go to the elimination-based like, challenge next? And oh yes, my gosh. So sometimes a little bit of panic, sometimes just like intense. Intense is a great word for it. Um, and then, you know, that interview process continues. How do you feel about Norway and how do you feel? And then I'm home and I had a chance to talk with a few friends and family about the reality TV experience and then I was jumping right into another adventure. And really, my heart is in, you know, adventure journalism, travel blogs, gleaning from the stories of others, the stories that they tell about their countries, about their cultures, what treasures there are kind of hidden and tucked mm. 
around the globe. And it was interesting to kind of have to do those self interviews, like check in with myself. And I found that that was very, very difficult. And at the time I was kind of picking up and moving every three to four days, sometimes staying in a country for two weeks, but that didn't mean I was staying in one specific place. So because, kind of, because was that at the time you were, you were traveling for a travel blog at that time? Is that what you're referring to? I I didn't yet start. I was traveling. I was really kind of just gathering experiences. I had planned to go to a friend's wedding in France and Mm -hmm. the date fell during the time I was filming the reality show. So I contacted him and his now wife and let them know about this opportunity. And they were like, oh my gosh, you have to do it just to like take advantage of it. So also shout out to all of my community college professors who allowed me to finish my courses early because once we got to Norway, there was no internet, no phones. We turned everything in. We didn't have access to the outside world. So again, talk about really living in this kind of like need to know childlike basis, full of thrill and excitement, um, but not really a lot of decision-making power. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And then turning around and being like, oh, I'm back to choose my own adventure. And um, my brother came to meet me for a while. And so I I was writing a lot in my journals, um, but not yet reflecting and writing. The travel blog came a few years later. When I got back to the States, I was able to go and visit my friends uh, in France. And that kind of was the, the kickoff. And it was really lovely because I think a lot of the times when we go to friends' weddings, it's a whirlwind and we might see them for like 10 minutes on their special mm-hmm. day. So I was able to actually meet my friend's wife and stay with them in Strasbourg and really, you know, be present with them and, and get to see what their life looked like. And then they drove me to Germany and wished me well in Heidelberg. And then the journey continued. Wow. So then, then it's, and I'm, I forgive me, I'm just trying to make sure I get the timeline right. Cause you've been so many places and done so many things, but so, but at one point then you actually did, made the decision to go back to Norway. Is that right? I Can did. you share a little bit about that? Certainly. When I transferred from community college to the university of Colorado, I kind of showed up with the classes and courses I'd been taking, I said, okay, this is what I'm working with. And the guidance counselor said, all right, looks like you are on the track for like a communications and women's and ethnic studies degree. I was like, perfect. Let's do that. Just like, you know, my sister had really influenced me to take college courses. And, um, she just said, you know, this was kind of just like, cause it was like the, you've already done these things. It wasn't like you started off and said, gosh, I really want to be a communications major. And it was more like you let the interest just guide you, right? Which was cool. Yeah, it started to kind of become a joke. Like it was a degree called me, which I wish was available to more, more individuals just, you know, showing up, um, pursuing your interests, finding things that lit you up or you were intrigued by and wanted to learn more about and then finding out, oh, wow, this is, this is something that could lead to a career or at least a piece of paper that says, you know, I became informed, informed on things that I'm drawn to. 
And um, at that time, I heard that the university in Oslo and the university in Colorado were both a part of the same study abroad program called USAC. And I applied. And around that time is when I kind of came up with the idea for my travel blog, which was called Citizen Pushpin. And I used I love that, that name, by the way. I I keep... good, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> I, I've always been kind of infatuated with the places that allow people from all over to put the pushpins mm-hmm. on the map in their it's store. like the best visual ever. Right? Like, oh, these people are coming from all over the world. And I thought, oh, I've been collecting patches for my backpack. And now I want to I want to put some pins on, on this big old map and a bulletin board in my room. So, um, I decided, oh, wow. I'm, you know, I'm, I've been to 24, 25 countries at this time is 2017. And I thought, oh, I'll, I'll be able to hit 30 countries by my 30th birthday. If I get this study abroad and I'm able to 30 by 30, (laughs) 30 by 30. Yeah. And, um, And so I applied for the digital internship through the study abroad program. And I also, I got that. And so it was a a constant kind of creating content for what it's like to be a study abroad student paired really well with my desire to reflect what it is that I was learning about global cultures the insight that you can get from living and having to speak a country that's not your native tongue or speak a language that's not your native tongue and put yourself out there, try different styles of food or have to navigate a new city, all of the things that come with traveling. Mm-hmm. And you learn so much about yourself in the process. Absolutely. I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So you, so if I'm, if I'm getting this right, it was like this, almost like a dual thing. Like it was like, you had this idea, 30 countries by your 30th birthday. And then you're also kind of figuring out, I, I have this I'm on track for this degree and I can, I can do study abroad in Norway. Was it mm-hmm. like it all kind of fit together? It really did. It was, I was very fortunate because of the kind of broad degree that I had chosen in Norway. They call each department a faculty. And so I was studying at the Mm -hmm. Faculty of Humanities, which in terms of U.S. accredited universities, that was pretty much communications, women's and ethnic studies. And I took four four different classes. Um, One of them was like the Green American Tradition that actually was a Norwegian course designed to study American authors who had written pieces on nature. Another one was a Norwegian kind of beginner's language course and um, a journalism course about war. And then another one that was on kind of the the women's movement within Scandinavia compared to the rest of the world. Mm -hmm. So all of them happened to fit into my degree. So whereas a lot of people kind of have to take off the semester to do a study abroad and they kind of take a couple of classes that interest them. I was able to take classes that interested me and contributed to my, to my undergrad. Your degree called me. I, yes. love that. I feel like, I feel like you need to like <laughs> trademark that or Let's do see. something with that. Let's see. <laughs> um, so what, what, what was that experience like being back in the country? I mean, obviously a very 
different experience not being on a reality TV show. And Uh can you share some? Yeah, sure was. It was so different. Um, So I'll start with one of the highlights, uh, which was the winner of the Norwegian TV show received a reunion with their Norwegian relatives and all of the other participants in the Norwegian show were given contact information for who it was who had lined up and worked with the journalists for the TV show. And so I had stayed in touch with my Norwegian family, found out that I had like several hundred biological relatives, which was absolutely a miracle. Wait, Um, and I just have to ask you, did you, did you, I must, I feel like I missed that this part when you were telling me about the show or maybe I sure. wasn't totally getting it, but they, so, so you, you're almost competing for a reunion with, with relatives that you didn't know you had. Correct. You have. Okay. Yes. Gosh. And then, but the producers or whoever works on the show, they were able to sort of do their research and figure all that out on your behalf. Yeah. So the breakdown was that there were journalists who worked with the directors and the journalists compiled based on the the applicants and then the chosen staff. They worked with family members who were willing to give them either family photos, family history, and place them in the different cities. And so as we were coming, we were going back to visit all of our different, like once upon a time homes. Um, and at the very end, the winner gets this reunion with their family. Oh my gosh. That just gave me like goosebumps. It's like you're discovering your roots. You really are. You really are. And, um, so needless to say after, you know, seven, eight, nine weeks of kind of longing for like, I'm fighting to meet my family. And then to find out that I had come in third place, I was just devastated. Mm. But I was able to stay in touch with them and join a Facebook group. And, you know, I learned like a Norwegian song and learned to play it on the fiddle. (laughs) And and recorded myself kind of, you know, at at Christmas time, it was like, classic Norwegian tune and um, really just was warmly received by this group of people. And um, one of them was in Oslo at the time of, you know, I'd been in Oslo for a few weeks and um, he came and took me out to a a dinner and showed me pictures of, of his family so that I could kind of start to gather it with several Mm -hmm. hundred people, you know? So Osman and I chatted and, um, and he reached out just, you know, a day or two uh, after. And he said, you know, Kelsey, we'd, we'd love to, we'd love to have you come to Aroi. And there's, there's a whole bunch of people who would really like to give you this family reunion. And mm. um, the following month, it was February of 2018. I flew out there, was absolutely blown away because it was even prettier than the, than, you know, the first time I had been there in 2015. Um, and I, stayed stayed with some family members and got to meet even more and we had this joyous reunion with I mean talk about overwhelming um trying to to meet and greet all of these people but it's been it's been really fun thanks to social media to be able to to stay somewhat connected and and gather little bits and pieces about what it's like for the community mm-hmm. that's so close knit and 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 tight with one another um from afar and still be kind of recognized and, and loved on by them. Mm. 
Wow. So that was probably one of the biggest highlights of being able to go back from my study abroad. Yeah. I just want to soak in that for a minute. That's amazing. And I, um, what, can you share a little bit about what, I mean, I think you hear, I feel like I hear a lot about just some of the amazing things about, I know a little more about Swedish culture, but Scandinavian culture in general, can you Mm -hmm. share a couple of things that you like, I mean, there's probably a lot to say, but that you, you just find so welcoming or that you, you traditions from Norway that you'd like to make more here. I mean, so many, um, a couple of my favorites. Um, one of them is Kusli and it's, uh, loosely translated as like cozy. And, um, it's just the idea that if you have friends or family coming over, you make sure that you've got like a cozy blanket available and you have the candles lit for dinner. It's, um, it's a warmness. It's, it's a tenderness that can be exchanged. And, um, it's the idea of like reading a book by a fire in the middle of winter. Um, so that's just in a nutshell, that's Mm. one like closely and then there's just an inherent love that many Norwegians have you know I understand personalities are all different but there's this appreciation for nature um and it's summed up in the word free loose leaf and it translates to free air life uh, or open air living and it's kind of that same it's a concept it's not just a word right it's not mm-hmm. um a it's it's it means that our souls were meant to commune with nature and that there's there's healing that comes from being able to do something as simple as taking your lunch outside or leaving early on a friday because you're going to go for a cross country tour a trip or a trek or a tour um and yeah that one is it, all expansive as well and and they, mm. they even have something called like coffee thirst, which is like coffee thirst, like a tea break for the British, right? Right. But it's like in the middle of the afternoon, like, oh, come on over. Let's have a coffee thirst and um, we'll have some, you know, desserts or biscuits mm. and coffee sign, and sign me just up. like be <laughs> present with each other. And mm. I understand that there's, you know, much smaller population in Norway comparatively than the United States, but so many so many things of of all cultures and every cultures but specifically that i treasure because of of my norwegian heritage that mm. i'm so thankful for wow mm-hmm. oh i love that mm-hmm. um do you so what what uh, you said that was kind of the of course the high point yeah that was there? definitely one of the highlights um the the schooling was so different um you know whereas in the States, I would have like homework assignments week after week. In Norway, the seminars were set up more so where you show up and you do your reading and you discuss um, and or participate in the lecture. And then everything is summed up at the very end. And it's like the exam time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like everything is summed up in like one paper and one test. And it's just it put a lot of pressure on me. Um, you know, coming from a communications major, this is like, Oh, I, you know, I would kind of like always know how my grade was. Cause I was just 
crunching papers left and right. Here's a paper right. for this class, paper for that class. And um, so the, the studying was different. The community was different. It was um, not too common for you to just like meet someone in class and then like become study buddies or even friends outside. Mm-hmm. So um, Norway has a, a privacy about them. And you saw a lot of the foreign exchange students who were kind of befriending one another and linking up in circles and organizations that you could join to either learn another language or learn to play a game or even be in a comedy group together. Um, but it was, it was a difficult time trying to, to make friends. Mm. Um, and then, like I had mentioned earlier, the, the eternal, like the land of the midnight sun, and then that contrast of flying in on New Year's um, and then staying for those first few months. I mean, the sun was coming up at like 10 o'clock in the morning and going down at 3.30 in the afternoon. Uh, and that sunrise to sunset, I mean, you're working with like kind of six yeah. hours a day. <laughs> yeah, daylight. if you're lucky. Um, if you're yeah. lucky. And then, you know, thankfully it yeah. was starting to kind of, the days were getting longer while I was there, but I, I even just from the beginning to, to the end, I noticed such a strong difference in my mood. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah. I bet, I bet so many people can relate to that. I mean, even without living so far North, just, mm-hmm. how, I mean, it may be Colorado with so many sunny days, but can be impacted. Indeed. Maybe we're all more impacted by weather than we think. Certainly. <laughs> um, maybe that's part of that free air life too, just the connection mm-hmm. to nature. Mm-hmm. And that was um, something I was so thankful for is there's organizations that exist in Norway. I mean, even the kids go outside. I mean, there's this phrase that says, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. And it's the idea that if you dress for the weather, you can still get outside. So these, I mean, kids are like straight up taking naps in their, um, in their carriages, like the, just like they have these little like sleeping bags that they put their kids in and like mom's vacuuming in the living room and little one is right outside like on the balcony just napping away just really building up their immune system kids are going to school and I I can't remember the percentage but it's up where I mean 60 to 80 percent sometimes these um three loops leave schools are accessible to kids where they're in you know, they've got their clothes on, but then there's a whole jumpsuit that goes out uh, outside of their clothes and they are playing outside. They're active. Um, so good for, mm-hmm. for probably all of us, but all arguably us. for kids, especially maybe, mm-hmm. or maybe just, we all need that. Mm-hmm. So, so after your study abroad was done, then what, what were you doing? Well, during study abroad, I reflected a lot on what it was I wanted to do when I returned to the States. And I had contemplated a yoga teacher training and I'd never had the opportunity to take it. It was from a studio in Colorado Springs that I had frequented for years and was always longing for that teacher training. So I I used the summer post-study abroad um, before jumping back into, you know, the Western crazy hectic world of work. And I, I got my 200 hour registered yoga teacher training certification. Um, it was wow. an intensive, you know, 10 weeks, just 
really absorbing a lot and taking as many classes that I could from various teachers and learning how to safely guide another person's body into Mm -hmm. alignment and with inhales and exhales and yeah, desiring beneficial holistic change in their life. And then school started back up in the fall and I had one, one year to go. And so I I graduated in 2019 from UCCS and I joke when people ask me like what I ended up doing with my degree and with a communications and women's and ethnic studies degree, it's a lot of it has to do with having conversations and and building connection. I think we lived in a world now that's um, not necessarily connected as that buzzword may allude to when it's, oh yeah, let's, let's link up on Mm -hmm. some of these platforms and we'll, we'll be connected and we might be associated with more people, but what allows me to connect with people is deeper than just following, following one another. Someone online. Online, you know? Yeah. It like, doesn't seem worthy of that word. Mm -hmm. I agree with you. Um, so, so if, so you were doing this yoga training and I mean that, I feel like that could be like a whole episode in itself. Yeah. Like what you, let me learn about that and the, the wisdom of our bodies. And, mm-hmm. um, but if you were just going to share like one takeaway of that experience or something you learned, because clearly you, you, you must've known the benefits mm-hmm. or known your own love for yoga to want to mm-hmm. pursue that. But what was, what did you learn from doing such an intensive study? At the time, I think what stood out to me the most was learning actually to soften because I had come into the yoga world, one of those personalities where it's like, I show up, you know, I bust my ass, I sweat and I do my workout. And then I'm like, at the end, wow, what a relief, got the endorphins on to the next thing. And it was so hard for me over the course of time to learn to rest in Shavasana, um, and when you're in a yoga teacher training, a lot of times you're, you're doing even more yoga than you would when you're an active yoga practitioner and, and you're really doing some deep body work. And so learning to soften, learning to trust intuitively that your, your body might not need you to arm wrestle it into a posture, but, uh, (laughs) you know, um, so yeah, learning, learning to soften Mm -hmm. and learning to listen is probably one of my biggest takeaways from that specific time with yoga. Mm -hmm. That's amazing. And then was this the time too, that you were, I know we've alluded to your lovely titled um, travel blogs, travel blogs, citizen pushpin. But was Mm -hmm. that when you were kind of digging in more with that too, or did that come later? The citizen pushpin and my study abroad internship kind of paralleled. So as I was living in Norway, I visited the last couple of countries to, to top off my 30, 30 ish. Um, so you met your goal. I did. Yeah. Like, did you know that the Vatican city is its own country? No, but that it is. So it's like 30 ish. So it's like, it's a little more than 30, but like, you know, one or one or two of them are, uh, yeah, not to diminish anybody's nation status or anything like that, but, um, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Wow. And well, and I just want to say, I've looked on your blog and I was blown away by your writing. 
Oh, thank you. I mean, you you are an incredible writer and and I have read uh, several of the actual Mm. blogs and I actually want to go back and spend even more time because quite honestly, the language and your description was so beautiful. I didn't want to rush through it. And I I, I mean, it was like, I was like, wow, there it's not, I mean, and it's not like I'm a great connoisseur of travel blogs, but I don't know. It seems like a lot of them are do this, do that. And in my impression, and again, I, I want to re- even read more of it, but it was so reflective mm. and like very um, reflective and thoughtful of like some of the deeper themes and cultural aspects. And ah, I just loved it. So just a shout out to your blog oh, is totally you. worth a read. And And then there's a part on there where you like you click on it and it kind of tells a little bit about you, but it's it's like you wrote a song. Oh, I did. <laughs> and I was I was oh. I was looking at that, and I was you know we had just <laughs> t- br- talked briefly before this, but I was like, mm-hmm. are you a songwriter too? Like, I feel like you can. <laughs> you can but I mean, it kind of gave a glimpse into it, and, and maybe this isn't the time necessarily for that. But I, I mean, are you? But I am curious. Are you a songwriter? Or was that some of the fiddling stuff that you talked about before? Um, you know, I've always I have loved words, um, and it's the downfall too, right? Like, but um, poetry has been something that's many a times like, woken me from slumber you know, that kind of like fog washes over us and we lose the brightness and the dim uh, kind of overtakes our, our, our bodies and our inside the internal landscape and poetry and just kind of being creative, be that with rhymes or um, alluding to themes. And um, it's kind of brought me back to life a few times. So lyricist, Mm. I, I, you know, I haven't really done too much, um, I've worked with some incredible musicians who uh, have been able to hear a, hear a song it, it just in the the musical instruments, and then I've kind of I've kind of come in and been like, well, this is what I felt, and then I started to sing along and take it or leave it. This is what we have, mm. so. I yeah. love that! Wow, mm. yeah, but yeah. you're I mean, your travel blog's amazing and. Uh, yeah, seriously, Thank it's you. it's very much worth the read, whether mm. you're interested in the travel or just want to hear some beautiful mm. writing. It's, um, uh, I'm, if you hear of anyone um, or if anyone listening is, I'm looking to do a rebrand actually on Citizen Pushpin in the future. It's um, something that's I, either to do an ebook or to, to publish in some way, shape or form. Um, those themes that I've kind of drawn from plenty of times in my yoga classes and on my hiking and yoga adventures that I lead. But um, yeah, it's definitely something, especially at a time where last year was very isolating for many of us. And there's a lot of us who maybe had to cancel trips in 2020 and even 2021 and Mm -hmm. just kind of finding solace in in recognizing the connection that humans have with one another despite boundaries drawn on a map um and and maybe kind of soothing that you know wistfulness by by providing a story and um 
continuing to allow people to hope for their adventures, but really um, feed feed the soul, you know? Yeah, I mean, do that. I'm all for, <laughs> I'm all for that. It sounds amazing. Um, so you, you kind of alluded right there to what you're doing now, leading some of these amazing I, yeah. adventures. Um, is that... I, I, so I, of course, want to hear more about that because that's amazing. But what what kind of came just before that? Like how? Um, so you were I, again. I feel like you've done so much. So I keep wanting to go back to your time frame just to make sure I get it right. But oh. um, but you were so you were doing the yoga training. You were doing an internship, and then what what kind of came from there? Well, after graduating college, I really just leaned into continuing to take more yoga teacher training. I've been introduced to some incredible coaches along the way, some wonderful podcasts and, um, and then lifestyle wellness practices that, you know, sometimes we really lean into one more than the other. And then there's another time where that one kind of fades into the background and uh, um, another practice rises up, be that meditation or breath work or mentorship or high, even hiring a coach to uh, work with you and, and to help you tell your story or to, to allow you to glean from theirs. And so I've really been fascinated um, in the last, uh, gosh, two years since graduating school um, by continuing to find that adventure within. Um, last year, I did lose um, both jobs for the, for a time um, as a server, waiting tables and teaching in a studio. And it looked really different, but I was able to get out there. And I mean, I went on backpacking trips with girlfriends and we'd go camping and just the conversations that happen when you're um, sitting next to a fire, or sitting below a tree, like I swear the tree in my backyard, I have like straight up talked to it before because <laughs> it, I mean, in some way, shape or form, it is alive. It's living and breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just wonder, you know, we talk about if there was a shadow on the wall and what things would observe us. And so, um, sometimes I revisit the same places every time I lead a hike, um, in, in Colorado Springs, I take a similar path and I wonder how many more people have, have crossed the trails in between the last time I've been there and what nature has observed in us. Uh, and that's a powerful thought, you know, it is. And, Mm -hmm. um, there's, there was a, a hot springs out in Western Colorado that I, I visited for the first time, um, last year and it had been since 2017 and so much had taken place in my life um that I felt like you know waters can be so healing for so many of us and especially mineral waters and hot spring waters and I was sitting there and I just choked up and you I I think when we unplug when we disconnect when we either go inward or take a second to come out of the, the stuck places that we can go when we're isolating ourselves, even in our own minds and hearts and realizing that the world is so big and that there's so many other presences, um, what, what kind of healing that can bring to us. So there's been a lot of, 
you know, always, it never ends the, the self-study and the, self, the, the searching, um, and then the re-identifying, um, Jackie Carr is one of my favorite goals coaches. And, and she talks about how she doesn't necessarily like do the resolutions thing, but she comes back to her goals and to her values time Mm -hmm. and time again. And when we re identify our values, maybe some of them are, are steadfast and then maybe some of them ebb and flow, but those are the things that can guide us into our decisions and our, and our practices that we can own the decisions that we make. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. I I love that. So, so you, I mean, clearly just being outdoors is, I mean, I can like, oh. feel it through this <laughs> the screen that we're recording on. Like the like nature is. I mean, what would you? Nature is what to you? Is it? I mean, it feels like it's almost like your essence. You know, I think there's a piece of us that probably is. Um, you know, we're made up of a lot of the same. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Gosh, what is nature to me? I mean, I have to go and like you know, sit with that one for a little bit longer. Um, I know maybe that's it, but I mean, just, I can tell like that's, or even sometimes just this podcast enthusiasm diaries mm -hmm. and what are you enthusiastic about? Mm -hmm. It's like, I can feel it just talking to you. Like it's almost like a love for a love for nature, a profound respect and Mm -hmm. just a a connection. Talk about that's the connection, not Mm -hmm. Facebook friends. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it's energetic as well too. Um, you know, just even this morning I was like, okay, what, what do I need to do? I, you know, I had an obligation, a commitment. I was teaching a yoga class. Okay. I can't do like a five mile hike this morning, but in the middle of just walking my dog for a couple of minutes, just back to barefooted Kels taking off my flip-flops, walking my dog on the sidewalk, taking a second or two to to stray off the trail and walk through some grass and grounding and just knowing that nature is all around us. We still live in a very constructed world and um, even people who live in cities, it's like, how, how do we, hearing sounds, going out, like sitting in a park, there's so, there's so many things that can still be being in the open air around us. It doesn't have to be on the top of a 14er, you know, like find it in your everyday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, so now, and maybe that's a fitting place to hear a little bit more kind of, I mean, it's so cool to hear this path. And again, I feel like I could talk to you for like hours and hours and hours mm. and dig into so much, but um, it's, it feels like a lot kind of has, has um, culminated to what you're doing now. And, and I wonder if you could just share in more detail a little bit about that. Absolutely. I think, you know, free air life, it's coming from that Norwegian, that awe, that respect, that wonderment for nature um, and the realization that it is essential for our health, for our wellness. And um, currently I have a couple of different offerings and one of them is, I provide a yoga, I provide a backpack that has a yoga mat, some props for yoga class, a journal and a water bottle. And we really get out and we try and recreate responsibly and take a second to get off, get off the trail. Um, 
in some quiet nooks and do some neck exercises and, and breathing and really arrive in our body. We continue the hike and there's a section where we set off um, our packs and, and do some journaling and I offer either meditation or journaling prompts or I've had people who just like know they're just bursting they're like oh my goodness I haven't picked up a pen in ages and I just am like overflowing with things that I need to get out and it really comes down to what I tell every group that starts is this is your experience this is your excursion and if you need to pull over and you know just gaze at the mountain or um, even if people want to stop and do some photography along the way. I mean, we don't want to demonize anything, right? When we say unplug or take a digital detox, sure. I understand like the screen time dilemma that we're all kind of facing, but also we want to take tokens along the way that allow us to, to remember how we felt in those situations. And so um, people get to keep the water bottle, they keep the journal, and then we conclude with a yoga class that's near the parking lot, and we walk back and say our farewells, but hopefully those journals are something that people can keep close to them, be that in a backpack or in the glove box of their car or next to their bed, and just like take a few minutes to like physically write down anything. It could be three words. It could be a list of gratitude. It could be, you know an acknowledgement of a situation that you had to go through or got to go through, be that, you know, trauma sometimes or joy. And like, how does that land um, on the page? And how is your heart? You know, how's that, that inner space doing? Mm. So. Wow. Powerful. Yeah. Free your life really comes into the, the, you know, it's just the leave no trace principles and, um, and recreating responsibly and, and, and treating yourself with the same dignity and kindness and respect that, um, you know, we all hopefully strive to give others. Yeah. Wow. I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go so much. <laughs> I mean, does that, does that feel like you're doing something that you were like really made to do? I mean, I don't want to make that like a leading oh question, goodness. but it just feels like that. <laughs> oh, I'm it does. To well, and something too, even when I was younger, like, you know, I could go to the playground and I just, I love meeting people. I love mm-hmm. hearing their stories. I love, I really, I do. I love sharing mine. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Um, and it's just finding ways to connect with other people and realizing that people are really different, but we're all so similar. We all go through a lot of the same um like ups and downs, even if they look and sound different. And so, yeah, authentic connection is something I'm constantly striving for, but it's so much easier for me in person than it is to convey online. And so um, trying to build up the toolbox for that. Um, and then hopefully, you know, in coming years, this expands to more than just like a half day retreat, but something that I'd love to be able to bring people to Norway. You know, I want, I'd love, of course, to do some retreats um, in, you know, tropical places, of course. That's absolutely dreamy. And um, who doesn't love, you know, a lot of what we hear is like, oh, sunrise, sunrise beach yoga is so much easier than like just doing it at home. But we're instilling those practices in ourselves so that we, 
so that we can look forward to the day to day and and process the day to day. But yeah, Norway is definitely. I actually am. I'm in touch with a family member who um, lives in Norway, and she went through with her yoga teacher training, and so we kind of mm-hmm. message often about um, about that dream and about that possibility. And mm-hmm. wow. Oh, well, Kelsey, I, I mean, gosh, I was just like, I seriously feel like I'm like entranced with what you're sharing and how, how can people learn more about your retreats, what you're doing, what you choose to do with that citizen push pin or anything else? Cause I, I'm sure people are going to want to hear more because I'm like, mm. can't get enough. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love, to, I'd love to connect with people that, uh, best ways right now are probably via my email, we can either post or I can share here. It's kelseymaxine.co at gmail.com. And then um, Instagram is a platform I'm currently using, Kelsey Maxine. Um, and yeah, kind of working working with those coaches that I mentioned before about what kind of platforms are the best to continue my work with. So those are the best ones to start off with. Well, thank you so much. I, I, I mean, I feel like I'm just like, almost like overwhelmed by like how much you've done and, and what an inspiration you are and just how I'm well sorry spoken that I've you so are. I'm sorry with the timeline. No, I think it's just like, I wanted to make sure I got it right because this whole, like, if I'm hearing you right, there's so much that has led you to where you are now. And I, when, I mean, again, we had talked briefly, but I just was like, wow. And now you're doing this thing that feels like you've somehow pulled from all these experiences mm-hmm. that you've had. And it's all kind of culminated into this one beautiful offering. Mm-hmm. So I think if I kept going back to that, that's why. But right. um, but thank you for your time. Those and puzzle pieces. <laughs> it is, yeah, pulling them together and finding what mm-hmm. what is just such a, a gift that you're offering people. So well, thank you, Kelsey. It's been a real thank joy you, to talk with you. And um, again, check out her blog, Citizen Push Pin, or find her at those, uh, like Kelsey Maxine at Instagram. Thanks, Kelsey. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks so much for listening. Please leave a review and share with a friend. And if you're enthusiastic about something and want to share it, please contact me at michelle at enthusiasmdiaries.com.